podcast, home to stories that haunt. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence or explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. I can't tell you how much I look forward to the days that I get to go to the salon. I think most people feel like it's an inconvenience, but it's become one of my few retreats these days. I'm as blind as a bat without my glasses, so the salon is one of the few times where I have an excuse to pause responding to emails and texts and get to unplug for a couple of hours. I dreamed of my business taking off for years. And I can't tell you how many nights I stayed up packaging orders and working on social media and marketing to get the word out about my clothes and prayed for the day that my favorite hobby would turn into a full-fledged business. And then one day I opened my phone first thing in the morning and I was blown over by the tidal wave of messages and notifications. An extremely famous and wildly influential young pop star had tagged my company in an Instagram post and overnight, my business was born. And then over the next year and a half, I realized that you have to be careful what you wish for. I'm ecstatic to see my clothes all over the internet and on TV, on the backs of celebrities and influencers, as well as everyday people while I'm walking down the street. But the amount of work I've had to do since that fateful day is overwhelming to say the least. Not only do I have the responsibility of managing my various teams and overseeing the production and distribution, I have the tremendous pressure of fighting to remain relevant and cool in a culture that will discard you as quickly as they found you. So far, I've succeeded, but negotiating collaborations and staying up late nights to comb through trends and attending events to continue to meet people who will help me carry my brand into the future has been weighing on me lately. I've started to fantasize about selling the business and buying a farm in the Irish countryside where I couldn't get cell service even if I wanted to. But in the meantime, two hours at the salon will have to do. I also love my hairstylist, Fawn. She's incredibly talented and always makes me look much younger and cooler than I actually am. But even better than that, she barely talks. I spend so much of my days on business calls and small talking events that two hours in relative silence is absolute bliss for me. She also works alone out of a studio behind her house so I don't have to listen to the inane chatter of other people in chairs next to me or endure the obnoxious buzzing of hairdryers or other clients sharing TikTok videos their friend just sent them. I pulled up to her adorable bungalow in the hills and was thrilled to find a parking spot right out front. I followed the path around back through the darling archway covered in bougainvillea and to her studio. I let myself in and the smell of argan oil and lavender washed over me. I started to relax. 
immediately. Fawn came out from behind the wall that divided the space and lit up when she saw me. Oh, hey, honey, girlfriend! She exclaimed and hurried over to me to give me a hug. I didn't return the hug because I was completely stunned by the greeting. I'd been seeing Fawn for my hair for nearly three years and she'd always greeted me with a shy smile and a soft hello that was barely above a whisper. Come on in, sister girl! She practically screamed and pulled me towards her chair. I fumbled with my jacket and purse and managed to land them on a hook on the wall as she dragged me past them and basically shoved me into her stylist's chair. So, what's the plan today, baby cakes? She asked with a manic look in her eyes. Um, just the usual, I said and managed a weak smile, my stomach dropping as I tried to process what was going on. Killer! She shrilled and rooted around in her station for a clean cape to drape around me. As I watched her, I wondered if she was having some sort of mental break and seriously considered whether or not I should let her cut and colour my hair in this state. If she was in the middle of some sort of manic episode, the last thing I wanted was for her to hover around my head with scissors and harsh chemicals. Once she had the cape fastened around my neck, she placed both hands on my shoulders and smiled at me in the mirror, which made me relax a bit. Her eyes were a bit dull and vacant, but something about her firm touch reassured me that she was still in control. I'd also had to cancel my previous appointment for a last-minute board meeting, so I was several weeks overdue for my cut and colour and had a major event to attend later that week. I took off my glasses and her reflection in the mirror turned into a fuzzy blur and that made me relax even more. If I couldn't see her clearly, maybe I could pretend she was the same shy fawn I'd seen every four weeks for three years. So, how you been, cutie? She asked and went to work cleaning up the signature pixie cut she'd given me on my first visit and completely transformed my look for the better. I winced at the question. And even more are the weird string of pet names she'd thrown at me since I walked through the door five minutes ago. Not to be rude, but I'm totally exhausted today. Mind if we don't chat? I could really use the peace and quiet, I said, and was glad I couldn't see her reflection in the mirror. Oh, yes! Of course, babes! Whatever you want, sis. You know I just want my girlies to slay! To S-L-A-Y, slay! She said and continued cutting. I winced again and then tried my best to settle into the sounds of the birds chirping outside and her scissors rhythmically cutting. Fawn went from squawking manically to so quiet. I wondered a few times if she was breathing. A part of me felt guilty for asking her to stop talking. But the silence was so glorious. I was able to shake off that feeling pretty quickly. When she finished the cut, she clapped her hands together and bellowed, What do you think? In the style of a six-year-old who has just presented you with a lopsided birthday present they made themselves. Warily, I put my glasses on as she turned my chair around and sighed a deep sigh of relief when my hair was just as perfect as ever. Maybe even better. It's... Perfect, Fawn. <laughs> per usual, you are a genius. Oh, hells yes, she said and clapped her hands some more. I smiled a strained smile but didn't say any more. Terrified she'd take any response as an invitation to start talking again. I'm going to go mix up your colour and I'll be right back. She chirped and practically skipped behind the divider wall. 
I scanned the room while she was gone, unconsciously looking for any clues about the mental state of my longtime stylist. Everything looked just the way it always did, from the stylish but comfortable seating area to the explosion of potted plants in the picture window and the tastefully displayed products on sale. I shrugged to myself and decided that maybe she'd started meditating or taking medication or something that caused her to come out of her shell. In this day and age, my friends were constantly telling me about how their lives had been changed through some breathing retreat or microdosing, and so I should be used to sudden shifts in personalities, but I had never experienced anything like this. This wasn't a more outgoing version of Fawn. It was like she was a, a demented parrot who had watched too many Instagram reels or something. Fawn returned and silently applied color to my hair, once again being so respectful of my request, I would have thought she was dead if she wasn't actively engaging with my head. When she was done, she announced that she'd be back in 45, then called me a girl boss and disappeared behind the wall again. While my hair processed, I allowed my mind to wander back to the first date I'd had two days previous. I'd been so busy that week, I hadn't allowed myself to get lost in the memories yet. But it had been by far the best and most promising first date of my life. I'd been reserving this time to review the details and allow myself to feel the flutters of excitement that come with meeting someone that you know you will probably fall in love with and you feel confident they'll fall in love back. Her name was Paulette. She was a mid-career screenwriter who had written some of the better shows I'd seen in the past few years, which impressed me immediately. She had kind eyes and the kind of face that's beautiful but not too beautiful. And she made me laugh until my sides ached. She asked a million questions about myself, and we managed to shut down the restaurant we had dinner in, followed by the bar we wandered to afterwards to keep the date going. She'd kissed me at the end of the night, and it was every cliche you could think about a first kiss. And I knew I was in trouble. I could feel a smile creep over my face as I lost myself in the memories of her soft lips and her strong hands. And then suddenly I jolted out of the fantasy as I felt the unmistakable feeling of someone watching me. I opened my eyes and when they adjusted, I could barely make out the source of the feeling that sent an icy chill through my whole body. The image was fuzzy without my glasses, but I could just make out the undeniable shape of fawn peering around the side of the wall in an almost cartoon-like fashion. I couldn't be sure, but it looked to me like she had both hands gripping the side of the wall and she was peering around it like a cartoon villain while staring straight at me. I cleared my throat, hoping to startle her and make her go away. But she remained in her watchful position, perfectly silent and perfectly still and staring straight at me. Luckily, the timer that indicated that 45 minutes were up dinged just a couple of minutes later, and Fawn slinked back behind the wall before emerging again. Time to give those locks the old rub-a-dub. She squealed in my face and gave my nose a boop. I flinched at her volume and even more at the unexpected touch, but took a deep breath and reminded myself that I was just a few minutes away from escaping the bizarre and very unexpected encounter I was having with my usually shy and demure stylist. Fawn led me to the shampoo bowl and leaned me back in the chair until my neck was resting against a small towel at the base of the porcelain shampoo bowl. This was usually my favourite part of the service as Fawn always took extra time to give me a scalp massage as she washed my hair. 
but I was so tense from the strange experience, I wasn't sure I'd be able to enjoy it that day. I tried my best to relax my tense body as she tested the temperature of the water that sprayed out beside my head. And as soon as her fingers touched my scalp, I felt all of my muscles release. It really did feel good. I closed my eyes as she ran her splayed fingers through my soaking wet hair and then traced firm circles around my hairline and the back of my neck with her fingertips. She rinsed the shampoo, added the cool conditioner and repeated the relaxing massage pattern for the second time. This time she increased her pressure. She ran her fingers over my head and through my hair, which she had never done before, but it felt great. She increased the firmness of her touch even more. She ran her hands around my hairline to the base of my skull and this time it, it was a little too much. It felt a little too firm and almost aggressive all at once. My body was on high alert and all of my muscles tensed. I sucked in a sharp breath to give her a hint that I wasn't enjoying what she was doing, but rather than taking the cue and relaxing her movements, her fingers pressed harder. Hey, I said softly and started to struggle to get up and Fawn just chirped, almost done, and pushed her fingers to the base of my skull as hard as she could. Just when I was positive I couldn't take the pressure anymore, she released her grip and stood back. Sorry if that was intense. She giggled. I should have warned you that I started doing lymphatic drainage massage. <laughs> it's the best way to keep that gorgy skin camera ready. <laughs> Please, God, let this be done soon. I internally prayed to whoever was listening and tried to ignore the sinking feeling that was telling me that I'd have to start the agonizing process of finding a new stylist after this. It had taken me two years to find Fawn after my last stylist had moved to Austin. And I was dreading the awkward cuts and colours I'd have to endure until I met my next fawn. I was hoping she'd mellow out as the hours ticked on, but it all felt so strange and unstable. And I was too nervous she'd do something damaging or dangerous to come back anytime soon. Maybe I'd check in with her in a couple of months and see if she'd stabilised. But I couldn't imagine coming back to this manic boss babe anytime soon. Let's just let it air dry today. I gently insisted as she toweled off my hair. Okie dokie, she agreed and squirted some wonderful smelling paraben-free product into my hair and confidently worked it through to the ends, leaving me with perfect, effortless style. I sighed and almost shed a tear as I studied the masterpiece that was staring back at me in the mirror. I'd never looked better and I choked back a sob as I paid her in cash with a 30% tip and said goodbye to my beloved stylist. Maybe for the last time. Hey, before you go, I wanted to let you know about an opportunity that has changed my life, Fawn said. And suddenly I felt like I was going to faint. Was she really about to sell me on an MLM? Are you tired of working to live instead of living to work? She said with a wink and a little wrinkle in her nose. I got out of the chair and started to gather my things as she followed me and continued. I found something that gives me full freedom while I invest in myself for the first time and I'd love you to join me on this journey. Thanks, Fawn. But I'm good, I said firmly and left as quickly as possible. You can watch me thrive or you can join me, 
She semi-screamed out of the door of her studio as I hurried to my car. Oh my god, what a nightmare. I said to myself as the last shred of hope that I'd be able to return anytime soon evaporated inside of me. If there was anything I despised in this world, it was MLMs. So many of the women I'd grown up with had messaged me over the years with lofty promises and opportunities that were too good to be true. It really pissed me off that companies are able to brainwash these women into investing so much money into ventures that fail for everyone except the people at the top. And if I'd had more energy, I would have told Fawn as much. But I've learned to choose my battles and Fawn was going to have to learn that lesson on her own. When I reached my car, I took several deep breaths to collect myself and then cranked my rear view mirror towards my face to admire my perfect cut again. I was deeply shaken by my interaction with Fawn, but the cut was far too good to waste. So before I could stop myself, I pulled out my phone and texted a casual, what are you doing to Paulette? And less than a minute later, she texted back, making dinner for you. I smiled at the sun setting behind the hills in the distance and started up my car. I spent the night at Paulette's that night. I didn't usually move so quickly, but I had such a good feeling about her. And as corny as it sounded, I had a sneaking suspicion that she might be the one. I woke up at one point in the middle of the night and Paulette's side of the bed was empty. I assumed she was using the restroom, but... When she didn't return for a very long time, I got up to explore. Her apartment was one big open loft, so there weren't many spaces to explore. And I didn't find her in the bathroom or the small side office nook. I was heading back to fetch my phone to call her when I heard the mechanical whirring sound of the elevator approaching. And a couple of seconds later, the heavy metal door swung open and Paulette emerged, looking disheveled and slightly out of sorts. Oh, you scared me. She said gently as her eyes adjusted and she saw me standing, staring at her. Sorry, I just didn't know where you went. I approached her gingerly. Yeah, sorry about that. I I have terrible insomnia sometimes and fresh air helps. I should have warned you. She smiled meekly and I reassured her it was fine and she should come back to bed. I fell asleep easily in her arms, so happy and content to have found someone so thoughtful and interesting for once. When I woke up in the morning and opened my eyes, I was staring at a ceiling that was not mine, and all at once, I was awash in happiness and memories from the night before. I allowed myself a couple of seconds to relish the perfect date we had, and then a couple more to allow myself to feel excited about what the future held. I rolled over and Paulette was already awake and she smiled a beaming smile as our eyes locked. Hey you, I said and felt myself blushing. Hey cutie. She returned and smiled even wider. I'm glad I came over, I flirted. (laughs) I'm glad you did too, she said and sat up in bed. The sun shined brilliantly off her olive skin, and she brushed a hair off my forehead and said, I've been wanting to talk to you about something. (laughs) 
What's that? I asked, and sat up too. Well, I've been thinking about how everything I've ever wanted is on the other side of fear, and how I want to show up more fully for the things I love. She looked out of the window wistfully and the sun flared around her head and set her silhouette perfectly ablaze. (laughs) Wow, that's beautiful, I encouraged and reflected for a moment on the chaos of my own life as I chased my dreams. Was I showing up fully for the things I loved or was I trapped in an endless pursuit of perceived success? (laughs) Thank you. And the great news is, I found something that allows me to show up as me while inspiring others to do the same. A community of driven adventure seekers who want to escape burnout and write their own stories. Success stories. She smiled and twisted her hair into an effortless, messy bun on top of her head. Her sheet draped across her chest and off of one shoulder. And I suddenly realised there wasn't a single thing out of place in her room. My veins filled with ice. And I took in all of the perfectly posed vignettes throughout the loft. The hashtag, you do you coffee mug perched on top of the rammed ass book on the thrifted coffee table. The rustic wooden bowl of persimmons next to the brass candle holders on the custom oversized barnwood dining table. Who the fuck eats persimmons? I asked myself as I continued to scan. The vintage kimono hanging next to the shelf of colour coordinated books. The crystal water carafe with coordinating cup on her bedside table next to her oversized tortoiseshell glasses from France. The mid-century sculpture next to the bouquet of fresh flowers spilling out of the antique picture. The intentionally worn Persian rug. The basket of expensive yarn. The leather journal. The French press. The framed black and white photo of some gorgeous woman who I'm sure she would say was her beloved grandmother. And on and on. My head started to spin as she shook my hand and I realised she was still talking. Do you want to join me on this journey? This journey of a lifetime? Are you ready to live intentionally and take risks while still investing in your own self-care? I couldn't believe I was hearing this from Paulette too. Fawn was one thing. But hearing the ambiguously aspirational platitudes coming from someone I'd admired so much just the day before was completely unnerving. I pulled my hand away and fell comically to the side. I rolled out from under her 800 thread count dark grey linen bedding and off of her hand-built platform bed. I appreciate the offer, but I'm good. I located my jeans and clumsily pulled them on as she continued her pitch. How are you making time for you this month? She asked and cocked her head in a way that was simultaneously sexy and adorable. Not sure, I said and started walking towards the service elevator that served as the only way in and out of the apartment. I'll see you later. I shot her a forced smile over my shoulder and frantically pressed at the button to call the elevator. Well, I'd love to share with you some of the practices that I put into place to slow down and live simply but abundantly, she said. And I turned back one more time. 
By the time I turned my back, she'd pulled on a fluffy, oversized robe made of what I can only assume was Egyptian cotton. She'd pulled the collar up around her chin, and rather than watching me leave, she gazed thoughtfully for the left of some reason, once again presenting her perfect silhouette. Mercifully, the elevator arrived before I had to say anything else. And I climbed inside and pulled the gate shut to activate the door to close and carry me down and out of Paulette's perfectly appointed converted industrial loft from hell. What is going on? I whispered to myself as I hit the pavement outside of Paulette's building and pulled out my phone to find a coffee shop so I could get caffeinated and process why all of the women in my life had suddenly lost their minds. I felt a little better once Americano was coursing through my veins, but I couldn't help but feel sad that Paulette had turned out to be the most basic of women and not the brilliant, hilarious trailblazer that she seemed to be on our first date. It felt like the worst possible bait and switch. Like finding out that your favourite actor is a Scientologist, but a thousand times worse. I decided to head into the office and take my mind off the failed date and catch up on some proofing I needed to do for the new campaign. My office was in a converted warehouse not far from Paulette's, and so it didn't take me long to walk the handful of blocks. By the time I arrived, I'd cleared my head enough to focus and was surprised to find one of my stylists in the office when I got there. I checked my phone to confirm it was a Saturday, and sure enough it was. We had to work weekends sometimes before huge deadlines, but otherwise I made it a priority to let my team have a life outside of work, so I was shocked to see him there when I arrived. Hey, Keith, I called once I was within earshot. He turned from the mannequin he was working on and pulled off his expensive, oversized headphones. Oh, hey, he responded and smiled. What are you doing here? I asked and returned the smile. Oh, you know, got to rise and grind, got to hustle to get ahead, am I right? He slapped a fist into his other hand in an uncharacteristically macho gesture and raised an eyebrow at me, then paused for me to commiserate. Yeah, the fashion industry is tough. I tentatively agreed and decided to keep my coat on in case I changed my mind and decided to leave. Keith was normally a very gentle and androgynous type of person. He was a wonderful mixture of masculine and feminine, and his ambiguity was his superpower when it came to styling. It gave him an intuitive sense of how to ride the line when it came to mixing styles, patterns and garments. He was my whiz kid, and I had never seen this side of him before chills rickled down my spine as he continued. Yeah, I'm all about getting that nine to nine. His posture resembled a boxer about to enter the ring and he suddenly had an accent that was vaguely New Jersey mixed with a little Philadelphia. Every day is Monday for me, baby. Now is the time to dare and endure. Well, we, we don't have any deadlines coming up, so you should go home and relax, Keith. I, I appreciate your dedication, but I also want you to have a life. Girl, the hustle is my life, he said and dropped to the ground and started doing push-ups and chanting, wake up, kick ass, repeat, wake up, kick ass, repeat, as he pressed his body aggressively up and down in the air. Okay, well, I I just remembered I left something at home, so I'll, I'll be back, I called, even though it was obvious he wasn't listening. I pushed through the door and stumbled out onto the sidewalk and I realised I was starting to hyperventilate a little, so I paused for a moment to take a couple of deep breaths and calm down before I headed home. Once I had calmed down enough, I was sure I wasn't going to pass out. I hurried down the street and around the corner and nearly screamed when Fawn was standing in the middle of the sidewalk as soon as I turned. 
Hey, sis! She immediately called out. I am so glad I ran into you. I wanted to follow up and see if you were ready to start investing in yourself and radically opt out of mundane ways of thinking. Look, Fawn, now's not the time. I warned and tried to push past her, but she grabbed my arm to stop me. I get that, but I'd love to have you in my downline, and I just need ten minutes of your time to convince you to say hell yeah to your own growth and happiness. I tried to pull my arm away, but she clamped down harder to the point where it was painful. Ow, what the fuck, Fawn, I said. I'm not interested, so please leave me alone. Fawn brought her face close to mine, a smile frozen across it, and she said through gritted teeth, Seriously, gorgeous, gorgeous girls join my downline. I really need you to join my downline. Fear flashed across her face and it threw me off guard a bit. Fawn, what's going on? I asked in a hushed voice. Are you okay? Fawn frantically looked around us to see if the coast was clear and then tossed my purse a couple of feet away and leaned in to whisper. They're always listening. Mostly through our phones, but they have access to everything. You should really join my downline. It's much worse if you try to do it yourself. They're everywhere now. Who's everywhere? I whispered back and studied her face for clues as to what she was talking about. Just join my downline before they find you and it won't be as bad for you, she said, and sprinted away without another word. I stood stunned in the middle of the empty business district, my heart and mind racing. I could hear my phone buzzing inside my purse on the sidewalk, so I walked over and pulled it out, hoping it was a more sensible version of Keith calling to say he'd been pranking me earlier. But it was a notification that I'd got an Instagram message. As soon as the phone was in my hand, it vibrated to alert me of another, and I jumped, already so rattled by the strange morning I was having. The alert was followed by another, then another, and then a cascade of buzzing notifications of Instagram DMs filled the screen of my phone and I swiped open the app to make them stop. My DMs were flooded with messages from friends and followers and I tapped on the one at the top. Hi sis, long time no chat. It was from my cousin Deb who lived overseas and worked as a defence attorney. I just wanted to reach out because I don't want you to let your dreams pass you by. What would you do if I told you that I found a group of women who are taking their dreams into their own hands and I would love you to join our tribe? <laughs> my stomach churned as I clicked out of the message and into another and then another and they were all requests for me to join downlines of people, some of whom I'd known my whole life, others who I'd never heard of. The buzzing of my phone mingled with the noise growing inside of my head as all rational thought collided with whatever was happening to everyone I loved. I wondered if I was being specifically targeted because of my status as an influencer, and so I decided that I needed to get back to my house to clear my head and make a plan. I would call my attorney or my agent to see if they had heard of anything like this happening to their other clients and, and they could help me sort it out. Whatever it was, I needed to try and get ahead of it. So I took another deep breath and deleted the Instagram app to stop the constant flow of notifications, then called an Uber to bring me across town to my place. The app confirmed that a car was on its way, so I leaned against the building and tried to calm myself down as the morning sun warmed my skin that had grown cold from panic. I closed my eyes and forced myself to relax so that I could think clearly and assured myself that the previous two days had just been a weird fluke or some elaborate joke. 
My phone buzzed again and I glanced down at it, assuming it was an update on my ride, but... But it was a news alert instead. Congress massacred during insurgency. President issues statement naming extremist fringe organisation as ground and cyber attacks continue. I didn't realise that a black SUV had pulled up in front of where I was standing and had stopped, engine idling. When I looked up, two very large men in black suits were rapidly walking towards me and I considered running, but I knew it was too late. I didn't even scream as the men wrapped their strong hands around each of my arms and started to pull me back towards the car. It was too late, I realised. It had been too late for a very, very long time. This story was written by Courtney Eck and narrated by Missley Rose Neville. Our Patreon is officially live, so for more stories that haunt, as well as a behind-the-scenes look at what we do and why we do it, please join at Patreon slash Please Leave Pod. You can follow Please Leave on Facebook and Instagram at Please Leave Pod. Our email is pleaseleavepod at gmail.com, and our website is pleaseleavepod.com. Please